0: Welcome to the It Is Better To Know podcast. This is Anne. I'm Valerie. And I'm Cecilia.
1: This is a podcast where we use our expertise as pharmacists to break down relevant health topics and make them easier for you to understand. Now let's get started.
2: You got me curious.
0: What's going on, our beautiful friends? Thank you for joining us for another episode of It Is Better To Know with myself, Cecilia, and my beautiful and talented co hosts Anne and Valerie oh how sweet <laughs> happy sunday
1: the only time anyone compliments me
0: <laughs> i was waiting for you guys to compliment me back but it didn't happen oh, we no. will have to try this again next time gosh they didn't get the hints yeah, yeah they are did. gosh but you know what um my lovely friends I actually had another friend who listened to this podcast and uh, she has listened to all my dating stories and she actually said that she might know someone she can introduce me to so this podcast being a platform for dating might actually work so but I'm just kind (laughs) of I'm just kind of curious because obviously this I know nothing about him and he would probably know nothing about me that would technically be a blind date what do you guys think about blind dates would you go on one yourself?
2: I mean, the pandemic is is a tough times right now for people who are single. And I do believe that you have to put yourself out there. It's hard to meet people. So if I was single, I would say yes. Say yes to things, right? And, yeah. you know, just trying to go out of your comfort zone is not if to think that you can meet someone nowadays without an app or someone to set you up.
0: Yes. And I actually have a story about my first and only blind date, but I'll tell you guys at the end. So you'll have, oh my to, have to wait for that. Um, I think before we move on to today's Mindless Chatter segment about blind dates, we can, we can talk about our health topic for this episode, because this is, again, this is very important and it's very relatable to a lot of people today, because it's about mask wearing. So have you guys heard of the term maskneed? I've heard of it here and
1: there. I I I thought that it was just like um, uh, like how do you say it? not really like a fad, but just like a meme kind of a thing. I didn't know it was actually a real term. It but is yeah, it a is a term. new term that's been coined since the COVID pandemic started.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so popular that they actually added into the open dictionary um, because so many people are actually getting so many breaks out caused by mask wearing nowadays, and. I mean, wearing a mask is the best way to reduce the spread of COVID. And now, you know, most of us should be used to that by now. It's like our new normal. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be that way for at least another half a year, at least or another year. But the only thing about wearing a mask for a lot of people, I guess, is um, like uh, acne that occur and the mask need that you mentioned uh, is supposed to be like an umbrella terms for a lot of skin condition that caused by wearing a mask like we're talking about pimples and it can also be like redness, pumpiness and irritation from mask wearing.
0: Mm-hmm. And the medical term for maskne is actually a- acne mechanica so that actually talks about like acne and irritation on our cheeks and our chin and our jaw you know like the- the areas are covered by by a mask, and I actually saw that there was a research letter published in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology that reported that 83% of healthcare workers in China actually suffered um, skin problems on the face. So that's a very high percentage.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say 83%. That's mm-hmm. quite high. I I love um, that term acne, mechanica too, just reminds me of like an anime name or something like that. <laughs> but not, uh, like, not as fun. <laughs> but not as fun and not as sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not only are healthcare professionals and frontline workers more prone to masking though, um, because of the tighter fitting mask and having to wear them longer. But you're also seeing acne flare ups in people outside of healthcare as well, for sure.
0: Have you ladies experienced masking yourself with like, you know, the continuous masking in the workplace and all that?
2: Like having to work for eight hours uh, at work mm-hmm. and my skin get like super oily under the mask, having mm-hmm. to to wear it that long. Uh, with that said, I do notice that I get more breakout around my mouth area from having to wear a mask that often.
1: Me personally, though, I think I've been fairly lucky. I, I do remember seeing like a... Uh, A a couple of pimples here or there around the chin area, but it's, it's a lot of oiliness because it is just cooking my face, the mask is cooking my face for the eight hours in a day. But um, anyhow, you, you know, in Asia, though, it's actually quite common, even before the pandemic to wear masks.
0: Yeah, I know in Japan, the the custom of mask wearing actually goes back centuries. So it all started when mining workers actually started using them between the 17th and 19th centuries, and they used them to prevent uh, inhaling dust. And then in the 20th century, the Japanese actually thought that masks were unattractive. But they were persuaded to wear them because um, of the Spanish flu. And the Spanish flu, actually, you know, as you, you guys probably know, it killed millions of people around the world. But people started realizing how infectious the flu was. And then they started wearing masks, which seemed to actually help reduce the spread of it.
1: It's interesting because mask wearing was actually widespread in the U.S. during the Spanish flu pandemic. But now it's quite contrast or it's quite uh, the, the opposite with the uh, anti-maskers, isn't it?
0: hmm And with the SARS and MERS outbreaks, the practice of wearing masks became even more commonplace in Asia. So it's really interesting to see how mask wearing has evolved over time. So I learned that Asian wear, Asians wear masks anyways when they're sick to protect the people around them. So people in China and Korea actually wear masks to protect them from the poor air quality as well. So wearing a mask is actually even considered stylish in Asia.
1: We also know, too, that the the Japanese are definitely more, quote-unquote, group-minded, right? So um, they probably felt like it was their civic duty to protect others. Some people were expected to wear masks. It was considered extremely selfish not to. And they also wear masks to hide a swollen lip or a red nose during allergy season. So there's also that benefit or that plus, too. Also, too, the benefit for wearing masks is
2: it keeps us warm during the winter, yeah, this remind me of the Japanese Netflix series on Netflix called Terrace House. The girls, they actually wear masks not because it has anything to do physical health related, but they wear it because they don't feel like wearing makeup or they just don't want to be harassed by males when taking a train. So that's quite interesting to learn.
0: I know in Japan, actually, um, they do have like separate trains and, and hours actually for females. So this is to protect against travelers with wandering hands. So this is actually wandering a serious, yeah, wandering hands. So this is a serious offense in Japan because um, if you do uh, actually commit this offense, you can actually face imprisonment or a fine of up to five hundred thousand yen. And just to fit that into perspective, that's about six thousand dollars Canadian. So quite a bit of money.
1: I mean like mm. if the if the fine is six thousand dollars Canadian, if you were a man, like would isn't that enough incentive to like not do it? It's kind of it's it's a little bit bizarre to me why they actually have to uh separate the train uh, hours for females because obviously it it kind of seems like the six thousand dollar Canadian fine uh is not is not really disincentivizing them to try to do this. (laughs) Odd.
2: I don't think we have that issue in Canada, so thank goodness. Thank goodness. But I mean, I know that mask wearing is extremely common in Asia, right? Like um, my cousin, she has like really white skin just because she wears masks when she goes venture out during the day. And apparently in Asia, they have an obsession with white skin and skin color is a sign of social class. And if you have dark skin in Asia, it means that you like most likely to work in the field and associate with rural poverty. So, yeah, that's interesting to learn, too, actually, that um, in Asia, they like people with white skin. So wearing masks can actually help achieve that.
1: I have heard of that value about, you know, the white porcelain skin or the ivory colored skin. So it's kind of unfortunate that people or society values skin color that way. Right. But it's 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 a systemic thing almost because I don't think it's just in like Southeast Asia. I think it's also like other Asian cultures and um, like even like within the African community too. Um, lighter skin is, is seen as more uh, beautiful. But that's besides the point. Let's just talk about masks now. So um, wearing a mask is also a signal of a lack of desire to communicate um, with those around them. So did you know actually in Japan, it said that the eyes speak as much as the mouth?
0: That's a good saying, And I do think that eyes can be very expressive because remember as Tara Banks would say, you have to smile with your eyes. So smize. But in the Western countries, actually like facial expressions are actually very important. So those can be difficult to convey with masks on. But in these times, wearing a mask is common sense. It, it creates a barrier so that nothing can touch your, your nose and your mouth, right? So in these pandemic times, why wouldn't we wear a face mask?
1: Exactly. Why wouldn't you wear a face mask? Especially since now it is known that patients with COVID can have mild or no symptoms and can still transmit the virus asymptomatically so you can be breathing or you can be walking around just doing going about your normal business but breathing out infectious covid droplets and you might not even know it there was this video that my sister sent me recently about this japanese university they did these simulations of what it actually looks like when droplets are being released when you cough Norm, or when you cough, when you talk normally, when you're yelling, and when you are coughing in an aisle. So it's actually really incredible how much range these droplets actually have, and how many there actually are. So it's very easy to spread this. When you look at the visuals, it's quite powerful. So I can't really, I don't really know what the university was, but I'm sure if you googled Japanese university COVID droplet simulation, you would be able to see it. It's very powerful graphic. So when an infected person wears a mask, they are protecting others by blocking their contag- contagions from escaping. It's very important to wear a mask.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like just talking alone can actually launch like thousands of small droplets. And wearing a simple cloth mask could actually block the, those speech droplets from being released. So why wouldn't you wear a mask? Well,
0: I heard that some people in America are actually resistant to wearing masks because they can be uncomfortable. But that just makes me think because there's a lot of things that, that people do that are uncomfortable. Like what about like piercings or tattoos or, you know, for females, like wearing heels or stilettos. Isn't, aren't all of those things that, that make you uncomfortable, but we do it anyways? Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it does take some time to get used to, and people who like tend to wear glasses also complain um, of wearing masks because it fuck up the glass, right? And they didn't like the the feeling of their own breath on their face. But you know, with that said, it's just a small price to pay to be able to resume some semblance of normalcy nowadays. So if you do find that you do get fog up when you, wear, when you wear a mask, then just make sure that you have a tight seal around your nose. Or, you know, you have the option to offer to wear a face shield as well. They do sell those at a dollar store. So it's very affordable.
0: We just started wearing face shields at work, actually. But, but those can also fog up, I find. It can be, can be quite hard to see patients.
2: In surgery, they put a little bit of a band-aid around your, your nose just to kind of have that tight seal that I was talking about so that it doesn't fuck up your your mask. And yeah, just a simple Band-Aid would do. I mean, at the end of the day, we can sit here and come up with a lot of thousands of excuses, but the potential for wearing a mask, uh, you know, is significantly to reduce infection is huge. I mean, even if you don't think it will protect you, and even if the downside is no protection at all, and the upside is protection, Wouldn't you want to even try to take that bet?
0: And I think we can do something that's uncomfortable if we really set our minds to it, especially for something like a pandemic where we should do all that we can to protect not only ourselves, but our loved ones.
2: Exactly. And masking alone, we all know now that is not enough and social distancing is also needed. We all all of us has to do our part to help stop the spread of virus. So I cannot emphasize that enough. And not wearing a mask due to personal choice, I don't think is an option nowadays. I mean, if, um, I, I guess there's some scenario, like if you, it's like small kids, for example, or people who cannot wear a mask due to a disability or mental health reason, people with asthma, or people rely on lip reading. Even if you can't wear a mask, then, you know, offer a face yeah,
1: I think that we pretty much uh, nail this uh, right over the head. And we can't stress this enough that it's super duper important to wear a mask. And just changing gears back to our topic at hand today, it's important to not let your fear of zits prevent you from wearing a mask. So having acne is just a small price to pay if we're saving lives.
0: I think so too. And after all of that, I think we should discuss actually how masks irritate the skin, how they clog pores, and how they cause flare-ups of acne. So let's break it down by talking about why masks cause breakouts. Uh, Get the (laughs) pun? I worked really hard on that one. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, first of all, so let's talk about this. So when you wear a mask, it can like Anne said, it blocks your breath underneath the mask. So that makes, it, uh, makes your skin kind of that warm and moist environment, which is perfect for bacteria to grow. So your, your pores can get clogged and, and can become pimples or acne cysts. And sometimes it can actually lead to um, folliculitis, which is when bacteria or yeast actually infect the hair follicles themselves.
1: That's a good point. I think also wearing a mask for a long time too, especially those tight-fitting masks, it puts pressure on your skin, which can then lead to chafing and then skin irritation and then possible skin breakdown. So an analogy would be similar to rug burn. This might be the most common kind of maskne, similar to the type of acne that an athlete gets, like a football player might get from where their helmet rubs their skin.
0: Mm-hmm. And speaking of like helmets rubbing the skin, I know like when I wear a mask for a long time, it can actually hurt my ears. So if you have the same problem, we actually have uh, seen the invention of ear savers, which are a popular way to help with that friction burns.
2: Well, I'm, I'm actually very lucky because my head is pretty small. So the, the mask doesn't really bother me as much. Now, I mean, I do hear a lot of people do complain that wearing the mask for that long of time, especially at work, does cause friction burns on the back of the ears. And um, one recommendation, I guess, would be if you if, if that happened to you, you should try to put some Vaseline uh, before putting on the mask. Now, if your your skin is still sensitive, what you could consider is that maybe try a different type of mask, the one that you can tie. Um, or maybe wear a new mask each day so that the the fat like the elasticity doesn't get irritated. And they also, um, if you Google search this on Amazon, they have like all this creative uh, things that you can do to to prevent um, earbuds by maybe wearing a ball cap or a headband that comes with a button, so that you can kind of wrap the ear loops around uh, your ear and just hook it up to the button, for example. And if if you if you don't want to do that, I guess yeah, you can also try to search for e savers to to take the pressure off your e too. And that I that would just be want- another
0: yeah. And I just wanted to mention that like your mask actually absorbs your skin's natural oil. So this can actually cause like the skin to dry out. So if you are lucky enough to, to wear like reusable masks, like the residue from like detergents and actually fabric softeners can actually get stuck under the mask and that can actually irritate your skin even more. So if you have like existing skin conditions like rosacea or eczema or psoriasis, that can actually cause them to, to get worse. So unfortunately, despite news of the COVID vaccine, we'll probably have to continue wearing a mask in public for, for quite a long time for the foreseeable future. So I know for some people, mask knee is actually quite a difficult thing to avoid. So it's a real problem in this time.
1: Well, why don't we discuss then how we can actually prevent mask from popping up in the first place? Because prevention is always better than a cure.
0: Okay. That's so true. What are some of your guys' favorite tips to reduce your chances of mask knee?
2: I find that the main reason that people might experience skin irritation is because their mask isn't the right type of fabric for their skin type. So the main thing is that it's important to choose the right mask.
0: I agree with that. And according to the CDC, the surgical masks and N95s should actually be reserved for healthcare workers, right? So the public should actually wear a cloth mask. And they found that actually from studies that scarves and bandanas were not effective, so they were the least effective out of all the different types of masks. And denim and canvas masks worked well and they were breathable, but they would be a little rough on the skin. And CDC actually has some guidelines on how to um, make your own your own masks. Um, so some of them involve sewing, some of them don't. So if you're interested in making your own masks, make sure you do check out their guidelines. And if you're not and if you're lazy like I am, I don't have the patience or the skills to make my own masks. A lot of them, uh, a lot of places and stores actually have cloth masks that are available for sale right now.
2: I know you mentioned that the CDC recommends saving N95 masks for healthcare workers, but I do do recommend that you know people who have compromised immune system. I think they should stick with the surgical or medical grade mask, where the level of protection may be higher. Um, now, with that say, if you, whatever mask that you wear in general, just make sure that the mask fits uh, snugly but not too tight. You want a snug fit across your nose on the side and under your chin. Uh, that's the main thing that you look for when you wear a mask. I
1: think the important thing too is just to make sure that your mask fits your face well and it's comfortable because if it's too tight, it can also irritate the skin. If it's too loose, it's more likely to move around and cause chafing, which again, as we know, leads to acne. You're also more likely to adjust a poorly fitting mask and that also increases your exposure, uh, your chances of um, getting any COVID droplets that might be on the mask and transferring them onto your hands. And that's one thing that we're trying to do here is just to avoid touching our face and touching our masks to prevent covid from from spreading.
2: yes, yeah, it's, it's easier to say than 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 done because it's it's like a a habit that's hard to break i I believe in my case too, so the best thing that you could uh do when you're choosing wearing a mask is pick a silk silk will be your best bet because it glides easily across your face. And it's also decreased the amount of frictions between your face and the mask. Now, worst case scenario, if you cannot find silk, cotton is uh, another good choice uh, f- to find for mask.
0: And like you said, they 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 don't create fr- friction against your skin. So for silk and cotton, they're actually like very lightweight fabrics. So if you... Uh, do wear masks that are made of silk and cotton, that's probably like a, a good bet to prevent breakouts. So these type of masks provide like a good balance of protection and also like breathability as well.
1: I also wanted to just mention as well, don't forget to wash your mask before you wear it for the first time and wash it frequently so that dirt and bacteria doesn't build up on the fabric or get transferred to your face. You can wash a cloth mask in a washing machine or by hand, both ways you can also employ. um, Basically, you just want to remove the germs and other particles just to be sure. And uh, a couple of other tips too that you could do is just follow the washing instructions on each mask cause it can be different depending on the material it's made out of. And the other thing too, is that you want to wash the mask in hot water unless the instructions state otherwise. You can also just remember to reshape the mask after it's washed so that it retains its um, its shape. And if a mask is no longer fitting snugly and comfortably, it's probably time to let it go because it means that it's not that protective anymore.
2: Yeah, I want to chime in that be careful about what kind of detergent you use when you wash your mask because sometimes people can get a lot of skin irritations from using the scented detergent. And so make sure that when you wash it, use like an unscented hypoallergenic laundry detergent. Bleach also can irritate your face. So yeah, be careful. Don't use bleach when you wash your mask in general.
1: And in general, just give it an extra rinse to remove anything that could irritate your skin. Wash your mask after each use as dirt and oil can become a breeding ground for bacteria from your nose and your mouth. And uh just as another tip, just treat your mask like an underwear. Wash it wash it after each use.
0: I don't know if everyone does that. I've heard some pretty gross stories about like underwear. Okay, out. then don't
1: treat it like an underwear. If you are wearing it for more than one day, don't treat it like underwear. Wash it every
0: day. It is very important to wash your mask every day, especially for for like cloth masks. So make sure you wash your fabric mask after every use and let it dry completely. And I think it's also important to invest in multiple masks. So when you have one on hand in case you you need a fresh one, you always have something to turn to. So you always have a mask in case you you need to run out on on the
2: spot. I guess the American Academy of Dermatology Association, they also recommend that If you try, if you, you know, get breakout, then make sure that you remove your mask every 15 minutes or so uh, for, you know, every time you wear it for about four hours long, kind of remove it for 15 minutes to kind of give your skin a break, right? You know, way to prevent um, acne breakout. if you kind of give your face a break here and there. And I know I typically do that uh, at work as well, especially when I work alone. I just give my face a break here and there.
0: It's a good idea to give your skin a break. And I'm I'm glad that, you know, with work, if you do uh, go for light lunch breaks, that actually is kind of that 15 minutes every four hours, that's already kind of built into it. And I also have like another tip for for uh, preventing mask needs. So that's applying moisturizer before wearing a mask because moisturizer can actually prevent uh, skin problems, as we know, especially if you have dry skin. And moisturizer actually has a dual purpose because not only does it keep your skin hydrated, and it can also act as a barrier between the face and the mask. So that actually reduces, you know, how before we were talking about like the friction and the rubbing of the mask against the skin. So it kind of acts like, you know, how runners have like chafing cream. Um, It kind of is a similar theory.
1: But getting back to the moisturizers though, the question then becomes what kind of moisturizer should we be using? And I just wanted to mention to our listeners that we will be discussing this in greater detail in the next episode. But what you can generally look for are ingredients like ceramides, hyaluronic acid, dimethicone. They all provide extra protection, um, acting as a barrier. And one other thing, too, to take note of is to maybe look for the buzzword non-comedogenic on some of these skincare products, because that will basically mean that the products will not clog your pores. And I know that it could be tempting to try new cream soaps and facial products with all these free time on your hands. But if you do tend to break out, it's probably best that you just stick to products that you know right now that you know you're not going to react to and keep it simple. Keep your skincare
2: routine the same as it is for now that routines that I get into nowadays is that to wash my face in the morning when I wake up. And then if I do exercise or, you know, after I get home from work, for example, that's like a really intense exercise as well. Then I do wash my face when I get home. And then at the end of the night um, when I go to bed. Now, a lot of people do get tired, um, you know, around bedtime because you leave it to the last minute and you get super tired and you don't want to You know, spend a lot of time, all you want to do is brush your teeth and head straight to bed. So it's kind of good to get into the routine of washing your face when you still feel the energy. So do it early before you kind of sit down, watch TV, for example. And if you leave it until you're so tired, you're going to be so lazy and not want to do it.
1: Me personally, I, I'm not sure what you mean. So for, for me, washing my face, I, will, I usually don't actually use cleansers. I actually use like this face cloth and then I, I, I wash my face that way, like morning and night. So just but with water? It's actually very uh, seldom that I actually use cleansers or toners on my face. It's just mostly just the uh, mechanical cleaning with the cloth as well as moisturizers and the occasional toner.
0: Your own naturel very nice no it's just uh i i felt like when
1: Anne was talking about do washing your face uh, be, when you still have energy otherwise you're just going to want to pass out on the bed the bed i feel like she was personally attacking
0: me <laughs> <laughs> with her angry eyebrows yeah <laughs> but yeah what about you cecilia I actually, I only use cleanser at night because uh, I want to use it to wash off like any product that I have on my face. And then in the mornings, I actually just wash my face with just water. So I, I'm not too complicated. Like I don't have like a huge routine or anything. I just like to keep it
2: simple. Yeah. No, that's, that's good because apparently there's like a lot of people paranoid about and worry about getting so much breakout that they wash their face like four or five times a day and what they find is that twice yeah i know they say twice a day is enough for most people and if you're washing too frequently then it get really dry right so then your your skin get really inflamed and angry and you actually make your acne worse by washing it so much especially if you wash your face with like you know product that contain alcohol or perfume Mm -hmm. Uh, or if you use like hospital Bar soaps when you wash your face, and those can actually um, worsen your acne instead of helping. So be careful on that too. Uh,
1: I don't really wear makeup very often at all, but that's the that's the reason why because I do find that it's it just dries it out so much which is not that big of an issue if you're just using toner and moisturizing well at the end of the day but i feel like it just it's a it's too strong on stripping stripping the oils and i guess i haven't found like the right uh cleanser i'm not very adventurous with that so um but yeah no i can't imagine washing my face four times a day holy
2: crap that's that's you know they have yeah they have a lot of like the sensitive skin brand at the pharmacy like Cetaphil, mm-hmm. Cerevi, Spectral, those are safe options that you can use if you're looking for a cleanser. Um, yeah. I think they're pretty reasonable price too. So if you have sensitive skin, definitely just stop by the pharmacy and look for those brands.
1: I'll be sure to ask, hey, is Anne there? <laughs> I don't know what to search for but no I I definitely hear you my sisters they do use those brands like Cetaphil Cetaphil, CeraVe as well uh for cleansing and they they love it they say it works really well for them they have like more sensitive skin too so but you know what wins out at the end of the day is like laziness that just beats trumps everything else so but no I think I've been pretty lucky uh my whole life with uh with my skin in general that it's it's fairly low maintenance and I don't really bother it too much with like makeup and things so there is no need to um, use the cleansers that often um, really although that is part of one of one of the things that I wanted to to get better at is having a better skincare routine Um, part of my ongoing new year's resolution for the past many years
2: (laughs) well they say well they say less is more right so your skin is yeah your skin is pretty nice so if it's if you don't have to do anything and you still have that nice skin, then don't touch it. Like You're doing something like, right. Um, if it's not broken, don't fix it, yeah. right? That's what they say. And I mean, if you find that you're trying out new skin products and afterward your skin is like really tight after you wash your face, then potentially maybe that product is, might be too harsh for your skin. And so, yeah, you probably don't want to stick with that product if, if your skin really feels tight after you wash it. Actually, like I noticed that the residue actually from, from the makeup actually also
0: soils the mask as well. So when you take it off, you're kind of, it's kind of gross because you see all this uh, residue there. So have you ladies ever noticed that when you um, started, I guess, wearing a mask? And have you actually started, I know Valley said that she doesn't usually wear much makeup anyways. But for you, Anne, have you started wearing less makeup when the whole mask oh. wearing came out?
2: I don't know. It's like a vicious cycle. It's like because I get so many breakouts and I know they say, okay, you know, don't wear a mask. No one's going to see your face underneath your mask. But it's like those times, you know, when you take off your mask for that 15 minute break or so. You want to look beautiful. You want to look good, right? Eh? <laughs> so, um, for so the 15 minutes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to scare the patients, right? And all of a sudden, boo. <laughs> like, what's happening? What's happening? Not you like your mask <laughs>
0: on?
2: Yeah, sometimes mystery is kind of nice, right? But yeah, with that say, they say like, don't wear foundation, concealer, and blush because they can clog up your pores and irritate your skin. But it's hot, you know, it's easier to say than done because everyone wants to look good. So, I mean, I do spot treats in, in a sense. So I just like dab it on with the concealer. Um, and I do notice when I take off the mask, the, like the ma- the makeup got onto the mask and, you know, my face still look gross in a sense. So I might as well not wear makeup. It's just like a vicious cycle in your head thinking that you know wearing makeup will make you look nice and then but all those makeup get transferred over to the mask so in the end I still look scary when I take off my mask so
1: I don't think it helps very much well I don't think you look scary I think it's just in in your head I think you're being a little bit more exactly, critical of yourself anyway. than you need to be. I think personally though, for for me, I have this is the time where I have to put on my mom persona because if there's any time to tone down putting on makeup, I think it might be now, since we're all wearing masks and no one is really gonna be looking at you per se. Although I know that they say that the the fabric masks are becoming more of a fashion statement but you know just some people it's going to be hard for them because they can't break the habit they're just so used to uh having makeup on their face and and that's all fine and stuff but if you do feel like you do need to uh, use something on your face to kind of cover up then a tinted moisturizer might just be a good compromise at, Finding a tinted moisture with sunscreen is an even better compromise. So you still need to wear sunscreen; it's very important. So that would be a trade-off or an alternative solution to wearing like the full usual uh, gamut of like concealer, foundation, and and blush. Like you, well, minus the blush, mostly just for the foundation and the concealer that you were talking about.
0: I think actually, with the trend of mask wearing now people are spending more uh time and attention on putting makeup on their eyes actually because it's like the only part Mm. that people can see so that would be a trade-off as well being making sure the top half of your face looks good And then you might be like Anne, and then when you take off your bottom half and that's not done up, then people might be scared. But I don't. I don't think so. I think it um, makes sense to do the eyes, though, right?
1: Because they say the eyes are the window to the soul, and all of that. And eyes are very pretty, and they say a lot too. So if you're if you lose your the rest of your your face because it's concealed through a mask, then the, the I can see why people are moving towards the eyes.
0: So I just wanted to say that if you regularly wash your face and moisturize and wear the right type of mask, but even after all of those recommendations and you still end up with an unfortunate breakout, I guess it's time to discuss discuss things about what you should do about it. So what product you use depends on what problems you're facing, get it, facing?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So So cute.
0: Keep them coming, right? So, what products would you tend to recommend as as pharmacists for, for people who are breaking out with acne? We tend to recommend
1: benzoyl peroxide, which is something that you'll find in a lot of over-the-counter products to treat acne because it is the most effective. It works as an antibiotic to fight acne.
2: I, I agree to that. I mean, benzoyl peroxide is um is also in the product called Proactive. And they have a huge acne commercials that, that's a very popular on TV nowadays. Um, that comes in like cleansers or like a spot treatment as well. And if you, you know, another option would be um, salicylic acid. That's also another popular acne treatment product. And how it works is that it increases the amount of moisture in the skin and dissolve the substance that causes your skin cells to stick together, causing the breakout. And, you know, both of this or any one of these products is uh, available usually near the pharmacy area and you can find them for less than $10. So this product is quite affordable.
0: That's very affordable. And yeah, like I would say that if you're faced with a tough choice between salicylic acid and and benzoyl peroxide, I would say to choose benzoyl peroxide unless you have a comodomal acne and those look like flesh colored bumps on the skin. And this is more commonly or colloquially known as blackheads or whiteheads.
2: Yeah, I mean, acne happens, right? And although wearing a mask could be frustrating, um, and if you do get acne from mass, then, you know, after all this saying done, if benzoyl, benzoyl, um, benzoyl peroxide or acetic acid is not helping, then, you know, you could also go to the doctor and get a stronger acne cream. Um, to me, um, I find that the prescription benzoclin Is the most effective for me especially when you feel something boiling underneath and the moment you feel that just definitely put a spot treatment on it will put a stop to it otherwise it's going to take a long time for you to to clear up now nowadays with the pandemic a lot of people are kind of lazy to go to a doctor and get a prescription um so it's kind of like a vicious cycle you want to wear your mask to cover it and then you get acne breakout out because of it, then another alternative that you could do is you could buy those um, hydrocolloidal acne uh, pimple patch um, and then you just wear it at night or so even you can wear it during the day when you have to go out and about because no one is going to be able to see those patch underneath your mask and apparently this patch is uh, really popular online. It's designed to kind of suck out the moisture and the junk that is in the pore and some of them also have the ingredient, salicylic acid, that we talk about, just to help loosen up that desk in cells. Um, so, kind of help with kinda speed up the healing process of your acne. I've have actually you tried
0: used it those, personally. i have I? No patches. Uh- before, but I've only used them at night because I've been too paranoid to wear them out during the day because people would be able to see them. I I do remember like I do notice them when other people wear them during the day and they're it's like they, you can't stop looking at. I it know, and I'm like, oh, anything. is that what I think it is? And they just kind of keep looking, and then I think people kind of get a little bit self conscious because it's normal yeah. to be, to wear pimple patches during the day. I encourage it, so. Uh, if either of you ladies need to wear those during the day, I would totally support that. But that's a good point, Anne. I love how you mentioned that nobody will be able to see it under your mask. That's that's one benefit that you can have from mask wearing as well. And I just wanted to say on top of acne, like you might have other problems than just treating the acne itself. Sometimes people do develop hyperpigmentation and darker skin from, from the acne. And you could also use like a topical product like glycolic acid at bedtime. So that can treat both the blemishes and the darkening of the skin. But I do want to mention if you do need it long-term, just make sure you do see your doctor for a referral to a skin specialist, so a dermatologist.
2: You know, they recommend um, wearing a moisturizer with the SPF of at least 30, just so that you don't have that tan lines where the mask, you know, around your face. so kind of yeah. So that's another reason why you should wear like sunscreen just to so that you don't get that tan line. But I don't know about the glycolic acid being both treat treating premises because personally for me, when I use that product, I get like really bad bricks out. I don't know if it's because like I have oily skin and then it dry out my skin. Um, I don't know if that's the reason. So I know they told me that. When I use that product, I need to moisturize it afterward, but uh, I don't, could be the reason. But personally, when I think of glycolic acid, it's more like an exfoliant. So I'm thinking of more like shedding the dead skin cells. I thought it's more of like a treatment for dark spot because it's quite drying. I didn't actually know that it actually um, can actually help with blemishes because it didn't do that for me.
0: Hmm. Okay. And I know, like, colic acid peels, they can actually help improve the the appearance of blemishes and scarring as well. But personally, I have nothing to comment because I never tried it myself. And uh, you know, if you do have any sort of like redness and swelling after taking your mask off, you can also try like icing the skin for for a few times for a few minutes at a time with any some ice cubes in a bag or a bag of frozen peas. But just make sure you do buffer it with a paper towel.
1: You could probably also just use like over the counter steroid cream like hydrocortisone as needed since uh um, but you don't want to use it under the mask
0: that's right because that can actually intensify the delivery like we talked about before. Uh, other thing that I wanted to mention is that if you have more of a rash on the face, or if it's very itchy, that actually might not be acne or maskne. It can be something called contact dermatitis, because people can actually get this from different parts of the mask, so from the metal rubber part of the mask. And sometimes they can get this from certain types of fabrics or dyes. So if you do notice a rash, or if it's very itchy, and uh, it's very bothersome, make sure you do go see a doctor just to be sure of the diagnosis.
2: Yeah, because I mean, the the typical treatment for dermatitis is using a steroid. But if you do decide to use a steroid, make sure you dab and you don't like kind of splatter it on your face like a lotion because steroid in a sense can stoke the acne fire. So it can actually cause acne as well. And if you're not sure, you know, what's the cause of your skin breakout, then definitely pay a visit to a healthcare professional for the diagnosis and the proper treatment. Now, Oh my gosh. Have you guys seen Dr. Pimple? I have not. Mm-hmm. What's Dr. Pimple? What the? <laughs> she is one of the... <laughs> a she. she is... She has a... Yeah, she has like a show on TV and such. It's such a popular thing because it's so hard to... When you get an acne, right? I don't know about you guys, but um, when I get an acne, it's so hard not to touch it. I know. Because most people, they tend to want to squeeze
0: it, right? I am guilty of that. I, I would tend to pick at it and squeeze at it which i know i know it's bad and then it leaves scars but it's just so tempting
2: <laughs> oh now i learned this when i was listening to the podcast from ben the bachelor he used um one of the the needles that you use to kind of uh, measure your blood sugar so like a box of lancet at a pharmacy for like eight bucks so what you do is you use like a clean needles to kind of poke the acne and then gently let the pus out if you're ever in the tempting mood to kind of squeeze your acne this way you do it gently and then if you as well just kind of pick one of those benzoyl peroxide acetic acid and do a spot treatment on it afterward that does wonder for the acne that's a genius so i would highly
0: huh that's a genius idea it's very sterile
2: very sterile and it's very cheap and affordable too. Like a box, I have a hundred of those lancet in there. So it's like an episiotomy, but
1: for a for a pimple instead. Because you are doing through. a controlled poke, right? So that you're not yes. actually letting it tear completely, as if you were to poke it yourself with just your two fingertips. Nice, very very
2: smart. <laughs> I agree. Smart. So I, I I do buy myself a box of lancet. Just for that purpose. Okay, so our bottom uh, line
0: is we might be wearing masks for a very long time because of the pandemic.
2: Yeah, they're actually saying that we're probably going to be looking at wearing masks for another year. I mean, even if the vaccines start rolling out next year, it's very important that we keep wearing masks during the pandemic just so that the case doesn't go up in numbers.
0: Although I did see that we may actually be getting vaccines this month in Canada and in the UK, they're actually beginning to vaccinate. So hope is actually on the horizon. But just as a take home message, if you do have skin damage or breakouts that don't respond to benzoyl peroxide or other products and you have skincare changes, make sure you do uh, see a doctor for a prescription for a stronger product. And now with all of that being said, Let's hope that our tips actually help us all fight mass knee if we ever do get faced with it, because we all do need to look good at the end of the day. I got to be ready for any blind dates coming up, you know?
2: Ooh, tell us more about that. Actually,
0: well, I don't have anything concrete set in place with uh, the blind date that might may or may not be coming out. But I did want to tell a story because I have been on one blind date before, and I was actually quite proud of this because uh, my this was actually like just a very blind date because I did not know anything about this guy, and it's interesting because my so my mom had told me about. This guy that my aunt wanted to set me up with, and she had given me his cell phone number. So it was all the ball was in my court, I guess. And this was uh, about, I would say, like a year ago or two years ago. So it's been it's been quite some time. But I did mm-hmm. take the plunge, as Anne would say. I did, um, you know, get out of my comfort zone. So I did text him, and we had set up a time and date to meet. And literally, I knew nothing about him besides his name. <laughs> and uh, is a very very oh, much like, of a blind date wow. so that was quite uh brave of me I would say and I guess the interesting thing is you don't even usually you have a picture right so at least you know what they look like so I'm literally walking in blind because I I, I knew he was Asian and he knew his name and that was it but I was just <laughs> looking for some Asian guy but he was actually quite that smart. was also he, looking around yeah <laughs> he was actually quite smart <laughs> he texted me he's like are you like where whereabouts are you and I was I was I had just parked my car. So I said, I'm walking up to, to the, we were meeting at bubble tea place. So I said, I'm walking up to it. So he was right outside the door. So we did meet and shake hands. But um, obviously, this was quite some time ago. So obviously, things didn't progress any, um, any further. It was a very successful blind date. But you know what the scary thing is? I actually, um, when I was sitting and talking with this guy, I saw a group of people come into the same bubble tea cafe. And one of them was my friend so it was very very awkward and uh he awkward. yeah and this is a male friend but uh he, he we we're very like we we're pretty close so he saw me and he could tell that I was on a date he he didn't know it was a blind date but he could tell that I was on a date and he wanted to you know give me privacy but i guess so he suggested <laughs> sitting at like a table that was quite far away like this is a bubble tea place it's not that it's not that big but uh he said, oh, let's sit here. But I guess this group of friends was like, no, this is right beside the door. It's cold because it's oh. it near Christmas. And then uh, they said, let's sit here. And it was, they chose the table that was right beside me. Oh, <laughs> oh <no. awkward. laughs> It oh. was. And I was like, why is my why? friend moving closer and closer? <laughs> oh, no, they're sitting right there. And I you know, it's, it's a small cafe, so I think that I could actually, if he really wanted to, he could have heard everything that we were saying, but he was a good friend, and he didn't try to eavesdrop, but it
2: was, uh, how do you know it's so close to each other you can totally hear the conversation you, you the could next table, yeah though. but
0: he they had a big group so you know they were quite uh they're quite involved in playing like board games and stuff while they're drinking the bubble tea so I know that I had something else to focus on but it it was very distracting and I kind of mentally kicked myself because I did like I picked that bubble tea place because I had been to it the week before with a group of friends, including this friend. So I was like, that <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is probably not a best uh, choice of venue. So,
2: <laughs> oh, you uh, picked the place, not him. I did pick the place. I yes. I, well,
0: I suggested the place um, because I think I we were running like we we were talking about like either meeting up for a coffee or bubble tea. So I was like, oh, this was I. So I picked that place because I knew it was quiet. But obviously, that didn't work out for me. <laughs>
2: oh do you is that do you think is that why the conversation is kind of awkward because you kind of so conscious oh, like I was your friend was edge. next no next, yeah no, no
0: i don't think so it was uh it it was so awkward. it wouldn't work out
2: anyway it was awkward
0: for oh. many many different reasons um yes
2: but you know i'm glad you initially touch early like shaking hands because apparently what you should do right away is just to have that touchiness feeling to get it out of the way either through a handshake or like a hug really? because otherwise it would be, yeah, they say just do that from the start, so that, you know, you get comfortable with it. Otherwise it's going to be awkward because you like, you know, hand touching when you're grabbing the check and stuff, it becomes really awkward. So they say, just get it out of the way. You know, when you show up either, you know, shake hands or give that person a hug, just kind of just make it more, um, I guess make it more a relaxing environment so that that person feel more at ease with you because now you're already touching each other. But it's kind of weird. I don't know if it's that, true, but you should
0: try that. It's kind of weird because I, I do find it uh, awkward when you like don't even know the person and then the first time you see them, you hug them. Isn't that kind of... I don't know. I, I wouldn't I just, do that. I just feel like it's a, a, it's a bit weird. And honestly, I would be a little bit creeped out if a guy that I was just meeting was yeah. like, oh, he leaves in for awesome. a hug. I'd be like... Well, I mean, unless he's really yet. good
1: looking again, then you're just like, OK, here it comes.
2: If it was well, it's Chris, hug me yes. in the beginning, hug me at the end. <laughs> Only if you make it awkward, right? You'll be like, oh, hi, nice to meet you kind of thing. OK, but it's a blind but, um, date.
1: Like if you if the person OK, I don't want to sound like judgmental or anything. But, you know, if you see the person for and the first turn time off
0: by them, yes, <laughs> yes so you don't want to touch them.
1: You ca- how do you? how do you force yourself to really so it's better <laughs> oh, okay. to just let well, it i think it's better to just let it come naturally when it happens and, and let it be like, awkward catching the bill i together. feel like it's
0: more more natural to hug at the end of the date yes because usually that means that things are going well and you want to have more physical contact with this yes person versus just that would be a hint low. actually that would yeah, be for the hint. other person hmm
2: Yeah, so I mean, I guess regardless of which kind of initiate touch early, whether it's like at the beginning or the end, but usually within that date, if you plan to meet that person again, I guess if you see it leading somewhere, but physical chemistry is important and they say love can grow on you, but everyone look has an expiration date, right? Like when you're older, it's not going to retain. So, and that person personality you know, they might just have like an awesome personality, and eventually, when you spend more time with that person, you might be super attracted to them through their personality. So. And you know, here and there, you know, even if they have like mass need, for example, it's not their fault; it's out there of their control. So, I think if you see something you don't like, just kind of give that person a chance. Um, unless they have a bad personality, then heck, just like put on your runners and just run. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if <laughs> I'm in heels? <laughs> Just run, Just run, run the heck out if they have bad personality. <laughs> run barefoot.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: But I guess, yeah, um, I guess based on your story, it seems like when you're suggesting a public place, maybe pick a place that uh, you no- don't normally go to. So you're less likely to run into people you know, maybe. I agree that with could that be- now.
0: And I thought I had picked a good place, but clearly not. But I wouldn't pick like a very, yeah, I wouldn't pick a very popular place that a lot of my friends go to because that would be very intimidating, I, I think. And I know, like, I wouldn't choose like very like Asian places, like I wouldn't take my date to go to dim sum or something because I could run into my entire family and that would be <laughs> awful. So definitely I would try to choose something a little bit more obscure and a little bit more isolated. So you don't have you that. You know, most people, would,
2: most people would pick like a coffee shop as a first date. Mm. It's kind of short and simple. It is, yeah. Unless you really know that person, then I guess you can pick like a somewhere to dine. At, right, but otherwise, like Starbucks is pretty popular. Starbucks is popular,
0: um, and I feel like it's yeah. a good, like, it's a very safe place. So you know, I think it's also important to, if you're going on a blind date, that it's uh, important to let like someone know where, where and when you're meeting this person, you, you know, you're, you're meeting a stranger after all. Right. So, and especially, I think that's, uh, important to meet in a public place. So Starbucks is usually, you know, like it's well lit. It's, uh, it's very busy and, uh, you have a lot of people who are always coming in and out. So it's, it's a pretty safe place and they're open, like good hours as well. So I would choose Starbucks for, for a first date for a first blind date.
2: And, And, you know, go during, like, daylight hours, right? For sure.
0: I wouldn't, yeah. Wouldn't you be creeped out? I don't know. You don't...
1: Well, you don't have to,
2: but... You don't need to tell someone where you go if you meet, you know, in a public place and... During doing the date i don't know if you have to share that with another person if you don't want to what I guess no. it,
0: it is always a good it's a good idea to let someone know just in case yeah i, I think you what, what if what if uh you know things go you think things are going well and then you leave that public place but then you get into <laughs> his car and then he's a serial
2: killer what happened after that oh he's a serial killer <laughs> well you well, don't go into his car oh. right you drive your own
0: oh yes but then what if you go over to his place and he's a serial killer why are you going over to his place on the first date? No, I'm not. I'm saying that's why it's good to let someone know where <laughs> you are. Too much alcohol, like Mallory's success. No, but it's good to let someone know where you, where and when you are, right? And that you're meeting your friends. So if, you know, you don't show up like to work the next day or if you don't show up to something, then at least someone can tell the police where you were. I'm just, you know, I'm not yeah. personally, but, you know, in general, there are a lot of people who, you know, go a lot further on first dates than you would think.
1: Yeah, and, and all true. the power to them. It's it's fine, yeah. right? Like it it's, is
0: fine. Just be safe.
1: Yeah,
2: just be safe. Like
1: these are all especially good especially if you have
2: tips. Yeah, especially if you have um, like you consume alcohol and could impair your judgment. Mm-hmm. And but they say like drunk man means whatever he say when he's drunk. But I don't think that's true. So don't believe whatever he say when you guys are drinking, and kind of. Be careful and you don't want to be taking advantage of when you're not in your right state of mind, especially if you're going to be drinking a lot during your date. I
0: agree with that. Those are all good advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think, um, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world if, you know, it doesn't work out because I saw this quote somewhere and I really liked it because you have to kiss a few frogs to find your prince charming, right?
2: That's true. And guys do get super nervous on the first day, so don't take offense if all he talks about is himself. <laughs> um, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so and he doesn't ask too much question apparently. A lot of guys get really nervous and they want to, you know, oh, they, they want to be like to macho. Show, yeah, oh. they want to show yeah, show, show that they're confident. What they have to offer exactly. So don't take offense to that. Kind of give them a second chance if you see potential in him. Okay.
1: No, I never thought about it that way.
2: Yeah. And last tip of the day is um, they say when you do go to a coffee shop, for example, they recommend not to sit opposite each other like a mirror, because if there's silence and you don't have anything to talk about, you don't have anything to look except for each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when they say kind of try to sit, find a seat next to each other or adjacent to him. So if there's like an awkward silence, you kind of look around. And observe the people around and then find something to talk about after that mm-hmm. i'm not sure if it's gonna work for everybody but that would be um you know that could be a tip that you could think about on your next date yeah interesting because i feel like reduce. you're
0: actually you're actually more intimate when you sit next to each other right because i'm just kind of imagining in my head like when you turn to talk to each other like your faces are actually quite close to each other <laughs> yeah. so that could go either way that could be too romantic it could be very
2: romantic (laughs) like i say no no which is good you know initiate touch early right so that's another way for you to get that you know touchy filly out of the way yeah and so then make it less awkward at the end of the day if you want to hook him or something Mm
0: -hmm. and it's full of good wisdom
2: (laughs) just like it's a good way to introduce physical contact early so yeah update us next time when your your friends um give you more information regarding the next blind date sounds good I will
1: well I learned a lot about blind dates today catching on (laughs) to my southern accent here (laughs) so we do have our next topic for next week lined up already which is talking about dry skin and how to combat that so tune in to find out more see you next week and happy holidays to you all happy
2: holidays we know there are a lot of podcasts to choose from, and we want to thank you for listening. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with your family and friends, and follow us on Instagram at it is Better to Know. Like always, we appreciate the likes and comments. Curious Music is performed by Bonsai Mamo, written by Andrew Southwell and Jimmy Harry. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and should not be taken as medical advice. As every individual is unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.